Welcome to the Biopractica Professional Podcast Series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to supporting healthcare professionals in developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in today. Uh, My name is Roberta Barbiolini and I'm the Technical Manager here at Biopractica. Now in today's podcast episode, we will be exploring the topic of magnesium deficiency and how this affects cardiometabolic health. Joining me today for this fascinating discussion is Professor Jürgen Vormann from Munich in Germany. And Professor Vormann is a scientist, a researcher, and a world-renowned specialist in the field of nutritional biochemistry and magnesium specifically. He's been researching and publishing papers on the role of magnesium in health and disease since 1983. So Professor Vormann really is considered a leader in this field of magnesium research. And he also has significant research interest in acid-base metabolism. Now, Professor Vorman is currently a professor at the Institute of Molecular Biology and Biochemistry in Germany, and in addition, he's also the head of the Institute of Prevention and Nutrition, which is in Munich, Germany. So thank you and welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Professor Vorman. Hello. So maybe to start with today, welcome. And maybe to start with, could I ask you how you first became interested in magnesium? What attracted you to this field of research? Well, uh, I'm a trained nutritionist and I was always interested in substances that are uh, food ingredients but have also some pharmacological activity and and I started my, my PhD thesis already working on magnesium and, and stress and well, I uh, kept to the field as uh, especially the minerals and within the minerals, especially magnesium, is uh, really extremely important and interesting. And for some time, uh, magnesium was something like a forgotten iron. But uh, during recent decades, it's, it's now obvious that really magnesium is extremely important and connected to serious uh, health problems if we don't have enough. Yeah, and I think unfortunately sometimes like a lot of minerals, you know, it's not until there's widespread deficiency that people suddenly realise how critical that mineral is for health and disease. Yeah, it's absolutely critical and and magnesium deficiency, unfortunately, is is widespread. You can roughly assume that that a quarter or up to one-third of the population in, in our countries have not enough magnesium and this uh, leads to serious uh, health problems. Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the rates of deficiency of magnesium across Australia and New Zealand are quite su- substantial and that's why there's so much interest here on, on the benefits of supplemental magnesium. And I guess for today, I really wanted to focus in on, on the role of magnesium in, in cardiometabolic health. So maybe could I ask you, Professor Vorman, just to outline for our listeners, just in broad terms, what roles does magnesium play in cardiovascular health? Well, magnesium is essentially needed for for every cell. 
and uh, there's a no large number of, of physiological functions in our body and uh, especially magnesium is extremely important for the energy supply to the cell and of course the cardiovascular system is very sensitive to to enough energy and uh, energy in our cells is always in the form of atp and the point is that atp is only working as the magnesium complex the atp magnesium complex if you take the magnesium away or if there is a deficit in magnesium then the atp doesn't work at all and uh, magnesium deficit by that uh, will reduce the energy supply of the cell and uh, by that of course uh, has a tremendous effects yes i mean really even at that fundamental cellular level if you don't have magnesium you don't have energy that's right and uh, also magnesium is needed for well we know know that uh, there are more than 500 different enzymes that need uh, sufficient amounts of magnesium. So uh, there's no uh, cellular pathway that is not dependent on magnesium. And the other thing, especially important for the cardiovascular system, magnesium is the physiological calcium antagonist. And that means um, if there is a magnesium deficit, all systems that are connected to an influx of calcium into the cell will be more active. And so the, the, all these um, stress responses, for example, in the cardiovascular uh, system are exaggerated if there is a magnesium deficit. Or on the other hand, if you have enough magnesium, then you can calm down uh, the system a little. Does that mean then, Professor Roman, that there's a link between magnesium deficiency and, for example, high blood pressure? Yes, absolutely, there is. Um, we just recently uh, finished a study. It's not yet published, but uh, we uh, we could see that in in patients with hypertension, magnesium supplementation really had a significant effect and can and could reduce the hypertension significantly. So um, absolutely magnesium has, has the effect that it reduces the blood pressure. And what is maybe even more important, if you supplement magnesium, you can reduce the, the need for uh, hypertensive medications. And so you can reduce the intake of whatever uh, hypertensives, uh, antihypertensives you take. That's fantastic. Because I mean, I'm assuming really that for most antihypertensive medications, you can actually give magnesium quite safely concurrently, can't you? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I really would, would recommend uh, for, for everyone who has uh, hypertension, to first try magnesium. If this is not enough, okay, you can add uh, one uh, antihypertensive and so on, but uh, the, the basis is magnesium. And can I ask Professor Vorman, in this study that you've just done recently, what kind of doses of elemental magnesium were you using to achieve these kind of clinical outcomes? Well, we used uh, 400 milligrams magnesium daily and uh, this is a reasonable uh, dosage. 
you should always at least give 300 to 400 milligrams of magnesium on a daily basis. But what is also important, you have to give the magnesium in a form that is highly bioavailable. Usually only roughly 30 to 50 percent something of, of the magnesium, depends on the magnesium status of the patient, uh, is absorbed. And so that means you, you, have, you have to supply the magnesium in a form that is uh, taken up uh, in, a, in a sufficient way. And, and this is mainly done by taking magnesium, by, by giving magnesium as magnesium citrate as the citrates have the highest bioavailability. So uh, it's important when you supplement um, magnesium uh, and, and um, that you give it in, in this organic form and uh, that you achieve uh, a high uptake of magnesium. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I can imagine that if, you know, you're giving a form of magnesium, such as magnesium oxide, which is not highly bioavailable, then really most of it is not being utilised by the body effectively at all. That's exactly the point, yes. And, and many studies that have been done with, uh, with magnesium, unfortunately, used the magnesium oxide. And now in, in the medical literature, there is sometimes written, well, magnesium is not so effective at all. But uh, if you look in details, then you see that, that most of those studies that did not reach uh, the, the, the aim of, of, of the study, um, they used uh, magnesium compounds that were not sufficiently uh, bioavailable. So yeah, I mean, when, we, when we eat some magnesium, when we eat magnesium with our diet, this is not magnesium oxide that is in our food. In our food, we always have magnesium mainly bound to citrates, gluconides, and so on. And so, so magnesium citrate is the physiological magnesium compound. You could almost say, you know, if nature provides you magnesium in these organic forms, then maybe it's best to follow the wisdom of nature and actually take it in Absolutely. this form, even as a supplement. Yeah, that's great. So maybe then moving on to a slightly different aspect of the, the cardiovascular health. I mean, you mentioned, Professor Vorman, that magnesium is required for the production of energy. So is there a role then for magnesium in supporting heart function? Um, well, of course. Um, there are many studies out now, epidemiological studies, that showed that the, the heart function, but especially the uh, the 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 conductance in, in the heart, uh, so cardiac arrhythmias, uh, this is very often uh, connected to a magnesium deficit. There was a, some, there was a very interesting, small, but tremendously interesting uh, study where uh, magnesium deficit was artificially produced in, in, in women and uh, this is something that is, well, um, quite rude uh, to do. But uh, this, of course, the women were, were intensively monitored and they received uh, just 100 milligrams of magnesium per day. And uh, what was the result? The result was that one third of the women uh, produced significant cardiac arrhythmias. 
that uh, stopped immediately after magnesium was reintroduced into the body. So, uh, so this is an, a wonderful proof that really uh, magnesium deficit is connected to cardiac arrhythmias. And this small study uh, was, was the, the um, uh, started the uh, epidemi large epidemiological studies that looked at the connection between magnesium and sudden cardiac death. And really, uh, it has been shown in, in really large epidemiological studies that really with a high plasma magnesium concentration, you can really avoid more than two thirds of all uh, of, of the occurrence of sudden cardiac death. And uh, so this is, I would say, really dramatically significant. This is another large study from Germany with more than 5,000 people, and they were distributed into two groups. Um, those having low plasma magnesium and the other group with higher plasma magnesium. And then over 12 years, the mortality in these groups was followed and it was significant, uh, there was a significant difference between these groups, meaning that in the group with low plasma magnesium or lower plasma magnesium, uh, the mortality was significantly higher. So really this, this shows that magnesium is a, is a life-saving mineral. I mean, that's some amazing results from that research to, to be able to, you know, avoid or to, to mitigate two thirds of all sudden cardiac deaths. I mean, that's a really highly significant benefit clinically. Absolutely. absolutely. It's a really, it's a, magnesium is a survival mineral. I, I love that frame of it is that it's not just a, a nice to have, it's an absolutely essential requirement. Yes. And what is very often forgotten that many patients uh, take medications that uh, really waste magnesium. Well, usually the regulation of magnesium is, is in the kidney. And if we uh, have some functional problems uh, within the kidney, or if we take medications that influence kidney function, uh, then we lose magnesium. We lose the ability in the kidney to reabsorb all magnesium from the primary urine. And all, that means all, uh, all diuretics, for example, will uh, waste magnesium and, and many other uh, drugs. So I, I would assume that nearly most uh, elderly patients taking uh, multiple drugs will have a problem with magnesium because they are taking these drugs. And I mean, the ultimate irony for me clinically is the fact that so many patients who have, say, hypertension are taking diuretics for their hypertension and therefore end up being magnesium deficient, which probably is, 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 you know, that might actually be worsening the blood pressure. I totally agree. And, and this is uh, very often not considered by, by the doctors because, well, they simply are not trained in that. And uh, this is only the knowledge from, from recent years that really uh, we now know how magnesium is regulated in the body and, and the kidney is, is the, 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 the organ that regulates the magnesium status. And if we uh, take diuretics, for example, 
then uh, or, or cyclosporins or, or various other cisplatins, cetuximab, aminoglucosid antibiotics, they all influence the reuptake systems uh, in the kidney and lead to significant losses of magnesium. And it certainly makes me wonder, Professor Vorman, that, you know, the sort of almost epidemic of magnesium deficiency that we're seeing in the Western world, how that might be related not only to dietary deficiencies, but also the fact that people are excreting more magnesium because of the medications that they're taking. Absolutely. Yes, that's a big problem. And can I ask then maybe if, if we move more to the area of, you know, metabolic health, so looking at things like glycemic control or lipid metabolism, does magnesium also play a role in, in this side of, of cardiovascular health? Absolutely. Uh, the, again, very large epidemiological studies that show the connection uh, between magnesium status and risk for diabetes type 2. And so, so really having uh, high, high daily magnesium intake uh, protects against the development of diabetes type 2. And also here, the mechanisms are relatively well known now because we need magnesium uh, for the binding of insulin to the insulin receptor, meaning if there is an extracellular uh, magnesium deficit or if you have a low plasma magnesium concentration, then insulin is not binding um, as efficiently to its receptor uh, as, as it should. Uh, so th this leads to insulin resistance. And that's the first point. Second point is we also need magnesium for the intracellular uh, metabolism of, uh, of uh, what is induced by insulin. And uh, if there is an intracellular deficit, then again, all the intracellular pathways are impaired and um, meaning overall the risk to develop diabetes type two is significantly uh, increased as more and more and more insulin is needed to achieve the, uh, this, the, the function that, uh, that we need within the cells. So, I mean, certainly it sounds like, you know, from that mechanism of action that the, the dysglycemia, insulin resistance that we see so common clinically, you know, part of what could be contributing to that, again, is not just diet or lifestyle, but also potentially magnesium deficiency. Absolutely. And if you can achieve a high plasma magnesium concentration, then the, the risk to develop type 2 diabetes is significantly reduced. A friend of mine from Mexico he did a large study where he followed uh, people for, for more than 10 years. Uh, and uh, in the beginning, they measured plasma magnesium concentration and then looked at the development of, of type 2 uh, diabetes. And they could show that the risk to develop type 2 diabetes is up to four times higher if you have a low plasma magnesium concentration. And if you have a high plasma magnesium concentration in the area above 0.85 millimoles per, per liter, you nearly can avoid the development of type 2 diabetes.
this is the only study that really was on a long term that could really show this. It's a wonderful study. And I mean, again, you know, it really adds to that weight of evidence of, you know, if you want to maintain cardiometabolic health long term, then certainly, you know, a daily magnesium supplement sounds like a, a very good idea. Absolutely. I do this since more than 40 years. <laughs> well, do you know what, Professor Borman, I think that's a wonderful note to end on. And thank you so much for your time today. I think there was some really, really great, insightful information there. Well, you're welcome. And I also just want to say thank you to all of you who tuned in for our podcast episode today. We hope you found our discussion today interesting and engaging. Please join us again next week for another Biopractica professional podcast episode. To continue the conversation or find out more about our products and educational resources, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica, empowering healthcare professionals.